Chapter Thirteen of Kokoro Hints and Echoes of Japanese Inner Life by Lafcadio Hearn. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Thirteen In Cholera Time. Section One china's chief ally in the late war being deaf and blind knew nothing and still knows nothing of treaties or of peace it followed the returning armies of japan invaded the victorious empire and killed about thirty thousand people during the hot season it is still slaying and the funeral pyres burn continually sometimes the smoke and the odour come wind-blown into my garden down from the hills behind the town just to remind me that the cost of burning an adult of my own size is eighty sen about half a dollar in american money at the present rate of exchange from the upper balcony of my house the whole length of a japanese street with its rows of little shops is visible down to the bay out of various houses in that street i have seen cholera patients conveyed to the hospital the last one only this morning my neighbor across the way who kept a porcelain shop he was removed by force in spite of the tears and cries of his family the sanitary law forbids the treatment of cholera in private houses yet people try to hide their sick in spite of fines and other penalties because the public cholera hospitals are overcrowded and roughly managed and the patients are entirely separated from all who love them but the police are not often deceived they soon discover unreported cases and come with litters and coolies it seems cruel but sanitary law must be cruel my neighbor's wife followed the litter crying until the police obliged her to return to her desolate little shop it is now closed up and will probably never be opened again by the owners such tragedies end as quickly as they begin the bereaved so soon as the law allows remove their pathetic belongings and disappear and the ordinary life of the street goes on by day and by night exactly as if nothing particular had happened itinerant vendors with their bamboo poles and baskets or buckets or boxes pass the empty houses and utter their accustomed cries religious processions go by chanting fragments of sutras the blind shampooer blows his melancholy whistle the private watchman makes his heavy staff boom upon the gutter flags the boy who sells confectionery still taps his drum and sings a love-song with a plaintive sweet voice like a girl's you and i together i remained long yet in the moment of going i thought i had only just come you and i together still i think of the tea old or new tea of uji it might have seemed to others but to me it was gyokoro tea of the beautiful yellow of the yamabuki flower you and i together i am the telegraph operator you are the one who waits the message i send my heart and you receive it what care we now if the post should fall if the wires be broken and the children sport as usual they chase one another with screams and laughter they dance in chorus they catch dragonflies and tie them to long strings they sing burdens of the war about cutting off chinese heads chan chan bozu no kubiohane sometimes a child vanishes but the survivors continue their play and this is wisdom it costs only forty-four sen to burn a child the son of one of my neighbors was burned a few days ago little stones with which he used to play lie there in the sun just as he left them curious this child love of stones 
stones are the toys not only of the children of the poor but of all children at one period of existence no matter how well supplied with other playthings every japanese child wants sometimes to play with stones to the child mind a stone is a marvellous thing and ought so to be since even to the understanding of the mathematician there can be nothing more wonderful than a common stone the tiny urchin suspects the stone to be much more than it seems which is an excellent suspicion and if stupid grown-up folk did not untruthfully tell him that his plaything is not worth thinking about he would never tire of it and would always be finding something new and extraordinary in it only a very great mind could answer all a child's questions about stones according to popular faith my neighbor's darling is now playing with small ghostly stones in the dry bed of the river of souls wondering perhaps why they cast no shadows the true poetry in the legend of Saino kawara is the absolute naturalness of its principal idea the phantom continuation of that play which all little japanese children play with stones section two the pipe stem seller used to make his round with two large boxes suspended from a bamboo pole balanced upon his shoulder one box containing stems of various diameters lengths and colors together with tools for fitting them into metal pipes and the other box containing a baby his own baby sometimes i saw it peeping over the edge of the box and smiling at the passers-by sometimes i saw it lying well wrapped up and fast asleep in the bottom of the box sometimes i saw it playing with toys many people i was told used to give it toys one of the toys bore a curious resemblance to a mortuary tablet ihai and this i always observed in the box whether the child were asleep or awake the other day i discovered that the pipe stem seller had abandoned his bamboo pole and suspended boxes he was coming up the street with a little hand-cart just big enough to hold his wares and his baby and evidently built for that purpose in two compartments perhaps the baby had become too heavy for the more primitive method of conveyance above the cart fluttered a small white flag bearing in cursive characters the legend kiseru raokaya pipe stems exchanged and a brief petition for honourable help otaske onigaimasu the child seemed well and happy and again i saw the tablet-shaped object which had so often attracted my notice before it was now fastened upright to a high box in the cart facing the infant's bed as i watched the cart approaching i suddenly felt convinced that the tablet was really an ihai the sun shone full upon it and there was no mistaking the conventional buddhist text this aroused my curiosity and i asked Monyemon to tell the pipe stem seller that we had a number of pipes needing fresh stems which was true presently the cartlet drew up at our gate and i went to look at it the child was not afraid even of a foreign face a pretty boy he lisped and laughed and held out his arms being evidently used to petting and while playing with him i looked closely at the tablet it was a shinshu ihai bearing a woman's kaimyo or posthumous name and manyemon translated the chinese characters for me revered and of good rank in the mansion of excellence the thirty-first day of the third month of the twenty-eighth year of meiji meantime a servant had fetched the pipes which needed new stems and i glanced at the face of the artisan as he worked it was the face of a man past middle age with those worn sympathetic lines about the mouth dry beds of old smiles which give to so many japanese faces an indescribable expression of resigned gentleness 
presently manyemon began to ask questions and when manyemon asked questions not to reply as possible for the wicked only sometimes behind that dear innocent old head i think i see the dawning of an aureole the aureole of a bosatsu the pipe-stem seller answered by telling his story two months after the birth of their little boy his wife had died in the last hour of her illness she had said from what time i die till three full years be past i pray you to leave the child always united with the shadow of me never let him be separated from my ihai so that i may continue to care for him and to nurse him since thou knowest that he should have the breast for three years this my last asking i entreat thee do not forget but the mother being dead the father could not labour as he had been wont to do and also take care of so young a child requiring continual attention both night and day and he was too poor to hire a nurse so he took to selling pipe-stems as he could thus make a little money without leaving the child even for a minute alone he could not afford to buy milk but he had fed the boy for more than a year with rice gruel and ame syrup i said that the child looked very strong and none the worse for lack of milk that declared manyemon in a tone of conviction bordering on reproof is because the dead mother nurses him how should he want for milk and the boy laughed softly as if conscious of a ghostly caress end of chapter thirteen recording by expatriate in bangor maine